the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Lots going on. Let's get to it. First and foremost, let's talk a little bit about yesterday so we can talk a little bit about today. NASDAQ up 1.9%. That's big. SP 500 up 1.2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up three quarters of a percent. Ten-year Treasury is creeping higher, meaning, hey, things are looking good in the U.S. economy. As we move from 3.5% to 4%, in theory, things look good. It means we're sustaining in front of a headwind. Um, we're not using the tailwind to glide. We're fighting in an economic sort of way. What happened? Fed Jerome, Fed Chairman, Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, king of the economists in the United States, whatever you want to call him, has the power to tank stocks. But he also sent them much, 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 much higher yesterday. He confirmed that disinflation has begun. Meanwhile, which, again, we were all surprised. Last Wednesday, we were surprised what after the Fed raised interest rates, he used the word disinflation 20 times. Yesterday, he talked about disinflation. So we're going to say, okay, that's what he says. Bing wants to send Google to page two, two, two in the search results. Microsoft's Bing search engine has completed its Rocky training montage. It announced its AI-powered revamp of Bing that's expected to reignite a dormant battle with Google over search dominance. Um, so far, it's cute is the way it's been, been explained it by the uh, technology journalists. So you can check it out yourself at bing.com, bing.com. It is Microsoft search engine. It's sad that I have to say that, but work with it. Search is about to get more 21st century because search is broken right now. At one point, it was just heaven, but now it's too much. It's overwhelming, and it's filled with ads. And if we get to the point where it's not overwhelming, it's not filled with ads, that's bad for Google. Bad for Google. Um, There's very little that I want to say about the earthquake, other than you couldn't have predicted it. Two major earthquakes that struck parts of Turkey and Syria on Monday have left more than 7,800 dead. I believe that number is now over 10,000. It's a lot of people. Don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, Disney, just showing you how tough. No, I, this isn't tough. This is probably, I don't know. Is this tough? Is this doing the right thing or is this caving? I don't see, I, the, when I started talking about this, I'm like, uh-oh. Disney has cut an episode of The Simpsons from its streaming service in Hong Kong that mentioned forced labor camps in China. Huh. I guess a joke that flies well in the United States isn't necessarily a joke that flies well in China or in Taiwan. 
can't say much more than that, can I? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The markets, I don't know. We pushed ahead in January, right? And then February has been a little bit of a two days forward, one day back. One day forward, two days back. But it feels like we're technically making some ground President Biden laid out his path to what he thinks should be followed in a State of the Union address last night. He called for Congress to pass a billion and dare minimum tax to quadruple the tax on corporate stock buybacks and to raise the debt limit without conditions. He also made a case for the more antitrust regulation of tech companies. I don't think I have to go too much into what he said, but the renewed call for taxing billionaires and corporate stock buybacks to help reduce the federal deficit. He doesn't think the tax system is fair. He said the idea in 2020 that 55 of the largest corporations in America, Fortune 500, made $40 billion in profits and paid zero in federal taxes. Folks, folks, it's simply not fair. I, can't, I don't do a Biden impression at all. I think if you've listened to the show, you realize I don't do any impression well. Um, it's, I don't know. Do you want Microsoft and Apple and Google to pay more taxes and to employ fewer people and deploy fewer buildings and to deploy fewer new technologies. Like there, there is something to be said for job creation. There is something to be said for a minimum tax. So Biden got a, a good laugh out of the crowd when he said, you know, God bless him. I, I instituted a 15% minimum tax and that's what a nurse pays in America. Elsewhere. I think this is kind of interesting, a little bit interesting war on junk fees. Joe Biden is going to war on junk fees. And I guess however you want to slice this, if you're a Republican or Democrat, doesn't really matter. I think we all have felt banks, airlines, and cable companies nickel and dime us on their bill. Why aren't we just paying $19.95 for a service? Why does it have to include consumer protections? Why does it have to consume you know, a, a federal tax on this, a, a line tax on that? And I think it's because Congress has passed so many workarounds for corporations that now they want to take them away and say, kill these junk fees. Uh, but the tickets are a big one in America right now. And you can get some votes if you say, I'm, I stand with Taylor Swift or I stand with Beyonce. And that roll out of tickets is something we should put the antitrust probe into. It's worthy of note that Congress is having hearings over, you know, the average consumer. And, and I think that's good. I, I think junk fees probably is something that people can conceptually put into their lives and say that costs me hundreds of dollars a year. I can, I can raise my hand and say it does. Drug prices were again on top for Biden. The president called for broadening the $35 price cap on insulin passed by the Inflation Reduction Act. One in 10 Americans has diabetes. Many people in this chamber do in the audience. And every day, millions need insulin to control their diabetes. There is a blockbuster drug coming from Lilly that helps with diabetes and blood sugar, but it also helps people lose weight. I know two people in Southern California 
who are currently taking it, taking it with Zempic. And that's not the one from Lily. Lily's got a better one that's out for diabetes, but it hasn't been approved for uh, weight loss. And Lily's drug is going to be, they say, the king. And it's going to be probably getting FDA approval this summer. Now, again, some people take it off off label, right? Uh, with no prescription. They get a, get a friend in Mexico and they pick up their drugs there, which you could do an illegal drug. I'm not saying like you're, they're going to a drug deal or anything. Um, so I, I think that's good. That's an investment idea. If you see Lily's price come down, it should be on your watch list. Is I hear they have a big thing coming. Fox yesterday said its advertised revenue increased 4% thanks to part to the Men's World Cup and the NFL, as well as strong political ads during the midterm elections. Yeah, they kind of had a good perfect storm there. I mean, I don't ever want to own a big media company like Fox. It's just not my thing. Um, Let me think about that for a second. Well, I guess I own Disney. So I guess I don't need to own Fox. Fox said it will rake in a record amount of Super Bowl ad revenue. Strong quarter was due in large part to sports event sale that included the World Cup, Sunday NFL games. Um, and the Super Bowl was pretty late in selling out. Some ads went for as much as $7 million for 30 seconds. Company's free streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I, which a lot of people don't know about. It doesn't have great word of mouth. It's not like um, people are really talking about it, but it shows, it shows like a lot of shows like um, Little House on the Prairie, like really old stuff on Tubi. But it's, it's continued to be a bright spot for Fox's answer to the streaming wars. Tubi saw a 25% increase in ad revenue. That's nice, considered it's been underinvested. Uber is up today. They topped expectations. That's nice. 49% year-over-year growth in revenue. Chipotle Mexican Grill falling 5% on customers pulling back spending. That's telling something about the average American. Big seminar coming up Thursday night in Cupertino. Got about 5 to 10 seats left. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. It's about income and retirement at the Juniper Hotel. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We have a big event coming up tomorrow night in Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. It's income and retirement. It's wealth preservation. Strategies that are detailed, lead, de- detailed with great emphasis on how to pull money out of the market. CFP Chad Burton's running it. But income in retirement means a lot of things to a lot of people. And there's about 10 seats left. You can sign up at robblackshow.com, but only sign up if you haven't been to more than three of these and only sign up if you're going to go. So it's Rob Black Show tomorrow night, 630 to 830. Um, income's going to be something in retirement where I blend my stocks uh, that pay dividends. That's going to be some of my income. I don't have a pension. I will have social security. Will I take it early? Will I take it late? Um, depends on my health, but it also depends on you know how I feel about my overall longevity and long term of the health of my income in retirement. I got social security. I got dividends. And then I also have some properties. Let's bring on Tony Mendez. 
from BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does a show today on the network. You can listen to it at 2 p.m. and tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. in a replay. Listen to it live on KDOW.biz or go to any place you get podcast and look up the real estate report with Tony Mendez and Gordon Hines. Tony, uh, one thing that I want to push today is that I want people to come to the event and meet Chad and his team and think of these people as I'm going to be working with them for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Because I have a CFP that I work with with on Chad's team, and I expect to be working with him for you know as long as I live, and then pass my death and into over to my wife, and hopefully down the road that can be passed on to the children, and they will work with a financial planner. But one of the my original members on my team is you. You've done every mortgage loan that I've done except for one when you weren't in the business twenty five years ago. Uh, so kudos to you. You've got to know me. You've got to know my paperwork. You've got to know my spouse's issues, social security numbers, where we hold our money. It's become an easier process for me because I have you as a team member. How are you doing today? And what are your thoughts on being a team member of Team Black? Good morning. Um, I mean, you bring up a really good point about, you know, surrounding yourselves with professionals. Now, you know, you're kind of a little different kind of client that we have because you're, you've been very active in real estate. And a lot of people end up with one or two or maybe even three properties. And we might see and interact with these clients over, you know, like a 10 or even a 15-year period. But, you know, when you build those relationships, I, I don't want to say it's like going to a doctor, but when you go to a doctor, I went to the doctor the other day, and I'm sitting there, and he pulls out my chart, and he's reading down, and he's going, hmm, hmm, He goes, okay, Tony, this is, you know, so he had everything there. And that's what we do with um, with our clients, whether you're just doing one or two transactions or you're a professional investor and you're you're buying 10 or 20. It makes the transaction a lot easier. You get to know them. Um, but as far as building that team, uh, you know, more and more often we're seeing people coming to us already working with, you know, an insurance guy, a CFP, a, a, a CPA even. A lot yep. of CPAs are working on, uh, you know, at this time of the year, preparing people's taxes. I, in fact, you're talking about the event, which I'll be there as well. It's yep. a great time to meet, you know, a, a financial planner, but also talk about, hey, I'm self-employed, Tony. I'm looking at a transaction the next year or two. Um, can you look and see what kind of income that I might need to record in order for me to qualify? And those are some of the things that, you know, a lot of the clients that work in a relationship end up getting that kind of customized, you know, um, continued contact. Yeah, that's it's interesting that you brought up the CPA because I forgot I do have a CPA as well. I have Brent. I've got Tony in mortgages. i got Brad in financial planning. I've got a real estate attorney that I work with on very, very, very few projects. Um, one of the more interesting, funny stories from the holidays, I was talking to a family cousin and about her son, who's 20 years old. And I was like, hey, what's it like having a, a son who's out there on Tinder and out there dating and out there, mm-hmm. you know, um, she goes, I feel like I should have an attorney on file on retainer. <laughs> And when I asked her about that, she's like, yeah, some girls don't like being dumped. And I was like, and an attorney for, and she goes, just in case. And I think she was implying allegations. And I'm like, things you think don't think about as far as having on your team. But that's actually, I have a police officer that I know. He's on my team. Whenever I have questions about anything, I've got my brothers who are attorneys who I can always ask things of. So I do have a whole trusted team is, is I guess how I would look at it. 
Um, any final thoughts from you, Tony? Um, you know, like I said, it's, the seminar is a great place to kind of really see what a team can do for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, what's that? Tomorrow night at 6 to 8 p.m. at the Juniper Hotel. I'll be there. Not quite, not quite, uh, not quite, not quite, not quite. 6.30 to 8.30. 6.30 to 8.30. And it, it, again, it's a great place to, you know, meet what a team would look like and, and do for you, especially on the higher end part. And that's, you know, going into retirement and, you know, protecting those assets and, and you know, kind of feel how that real estate fits in there as well. If you have any questions about that, I'll be there. And we talk about this stuff on the show as well. We'll be on later today at 2 o'clock to 3, and then it replays tomorrow at 6. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoansHorse.com. He's updated his website recently. He's my mortgage lender. He could be your mortgage lender. And there's a lot of activity right now in the world of mortgages as rates have been dropping recently. We've seen people scramble to try to get refinances, which is going to be a big story in the next three years. If interest rates trend lower, you're going to see a lot of refis from people who got higher mortgages in the last 12 months because they all will be in a situation of potentially adding to their bottom line, which could potentially help add to the bottom line of the United States of America and our corporate partners in the S&P 500. Mortgage refinance, speaking of the Rob, mortgage refinance demand jumped 18% as interest rates dropped last week. So if you need a mortgage lender, you can find Tony at BarryAllenSource.com. He will show up uh, tomorrow night in Cupertino. Uh, we'll get there a couple hours early because we usually grab something to eat in the bar or restaurant if it's opened in the hotel. Thanks very much, Tony. Let's move on. <clears throat> Elsewhere out there. <clears throat> Uber beat estimates and stock is up. This is kind of important to pay attention to because um, part of our economy is the gig economy. Uber reported fourth quarter earnings Wednesday that beat analyst expectations on top and bottom lines. Um, revenue for the quarter was up 49% year over year. That's a pretty good number. Um, Uber said it ended 2022 with its strongest quarter ever. He said, the CEO said the pandemic's impact on the company's mobility business is now well and truly behind it. Active drivers hit an all-time high during the quarter. The company also achieved a new milestone and hit 2 billion trips in a single quarter. That's a lot of people. It's interesting that Tender refers to itself as in the business of making connections, human connections. And I would say that Uber is in the business of how many trips can they start, whether it's trips to go get my food and bring it to me, or how many trips do they take me to the airport? Two billion in one quarter, quite impressive. I can't do the math on one hand. I can't do the math on two hands. That's quite impressive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino tomorrow night. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com a reliable source of domestic and international news that you can use. I start my day every day with page one. I end my week of research and developing my financial brain with briefing.com with the big picture. Um, in between, I get some barons on the weekend, but uh, you get the idea. You can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, I'm sure you're going to ask me how I'm doing this morning. I'm doing well. Hopefully you're doing well. Um, 
what do we need to talk about today? I'm guessing Biden is in the news and Jerome Powell, the Washington connection from yesterday. Right. Well, good morning, Rob. Great to be back with you. And um, yeah, you know, that's certainly in today's narrative, um, you know, as it relates to what we heard out of the State of the Union speech last night. I guess you could label it as not altogether surprising. Um, you know, there were previews ahead of that speech and the president pretty much stuck to what was already teased uh, in yesterday's session leading up to the speech. And so I think there's also just some general resignation in the market that, you know, a lot of the uh, taxation matters um, are not, not likely to come to fruition here, just given the divided Congress. And you can certainly uh, the GOP, uh, a lot of staunch opposition to, you know, increasing taxes of any kind. And so, um, you know, so I don't think the market is really reacting so much to that speech itself as it is taking stock more of, you know, where where the Fed could ultimately settle, um, taking stock of valuations and uh, just trying to, you know, get its mind around whether the rally we've seen at the start of the year can persist or maybe we're, you know, we're hitting a wall here having gotten ahead of ourselves. That's right. Um, getting ahead of ourselves pushes up the valuation of the S&P 500. It's a metric that people like yourself in the industry look at. You quoted this morning that at 18 and a half times for 12 month earnings, the S&P 500 is trading at roughly an 8% premium to its 10 year historical average. Interesting to note that I think you go a little further in your head, but not necessarily in writing this, talking about, you know, we could trade higher than 18 times, 19 times, 20 times if interest rates were lower, but they're not. So maybe we should be trading at that number, maybe lower, I think, is your implication. Um, we've seen the S&P 500 get out of control before. Technically, it's it should be out of control right now and, and marching towards higher valuations because it's broke above its 200-day moving average. But realistically, in the back of our heads, we're, we're talking it down and going, maybe it should just pull back for a little while. Um, right. wish, wish he had one hand, wish he had a crystal ball, right? Right. Well, I guess you could say uh, there are certainly some pockets in the market that are completely out of control right now. Um, you look at the AI stocks, you look at, you know, the meme stocks again, right? Um, you yeah. know, those are just getting ridiculous. Um, but having said that, you know, you look at the, you know, the broader market, um, and, you know, that 10 year historical average multiple of 17.2 times forward 12 month earnings, you know, for the SP 500 has been established, uh, over that same period with the, 10-year note yield averaging 2.17% over that 10-year period. And today, you know, we're pushing 3.7%. Um, and to your point, you're absolutely right. You know, the market can just sort of get out of control. It can stay overbought. It can remain overextended for a lot longer than people think it should. Um, and, you know, what we've seen so far this year is that you've, you've had a market that has quite literally wanted to trade higher. It didn't matter really what the news was. It was, I think, rebounding from, you know, obviously an ugly 2022, uh, trying to, you know, root itself around the idea that we're close to the Fed possibly pausing its rate hikes. You know, we're, we're at a point where we probably have hit peak inflation. Um, and, you know, and then there's a sense that, you know, potentially maybe six months from now, you hit an inflection in terms of earnings growth. 
meaning you see estimates start moving up instead of moving down. And, and uh, you know, we are, take some exception to that perspective. But nonetheless, you know, uh, I can say, you know, no matter what I think, it, it's, it's what the market thinks, right? Um, and the market in aggregate is wanting to trade higher. And so I just think, though, from a fundamental position, uh, when you cut through some of the noise here and, and some of the early year rebound enthusiasm dies down, you do take stock of a market that's trading with a premium valuation. And I do think that uh, that, does, that doesn't mean the market can't trade higher from here. It just means that it's likely to be more challenging now. Uh, we pulled forward a lot of return here uh, in you know the first five weeks of trading. Um, you know, you've got a market that's you know was up close to what its 50-year annualized average return was or is, and so uh, that's what I'm driving at when I say a lot of return has been pulled forward for uh, for the stock market. And so could be a little more more challenging here in coming months to keep this uh, momentum going. We get some choppy audio out of you, so I'm going to talk a little bit to see if it smooths itself out. Um, you mentioned pockets of the market doing exceptionally well, and I couldn't see the smirk on your face, but I'm thinking you're probably thinking about changing your name to Patrick O'Hare.ai or briefing.com.ai. Uh, which we saw in the 1990s where every company added a .com and then then it's Rob Black Meta first. You know, we there's a lot of hot things that in business we try to glob onto. I am a little afraid that too many companies are using the AI excuse. Google and Microsoft I get, but after that, it's, it's going to be very, very few winners far in between. And yet a lot of money chasing them right now. Um, are you looking at the research that briefing comes up with or reporting on AI? Uh, I doubt that really falls into your world of writing, but maybe it does. Um, but I see a lot of stuff written by some of the other analysts at, at briefing on your daily feed. Uh, you're live in play. What are your thoughts on AI as a sexy area right now? Well, I mean, you just said it, you know, it's definitely a sexy area for, for day traders um, and, uh, and trading minded individuals, you know, swing trades and, and the like. Um, and, and, you know, it, you just, you run into these fantastical periods every now and then and, and, or fantastical stories. And as you alluded to, you know, we saw the dot-com, you know, you just add a, a dot-com suffix to, you know, to the end of things and lo and behold, your stock goes up 20%, you know, yep. I don't think with, what was it with Bitcoin, you know, with crypto, <laughs> so you, you know, you just go on down the line here. And like you said, metaverse last year as well, or, or 2021 anyway. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I guess you call it a trading fad, really. I mean, you're going to see these stocks that are, you know, getting blown out or going parabolic here. They're going to come crashing back down to earth. It's just a matter of time. And so you have to be very careful you know, if you're playing those names, um, that's not really in my wheelhouse in terms of what I do. You're right about that. But as a market analyst, you know, I look at it and, you know, it, it gives me some caution uh, that, you know, you're seeing the speculative excess come you know, roaring back here at a time when, uh, you know, economic conditions, while better than feared, you know, they're not great. And, um, you know, they're likely to continue to deteriorate in our estimation as the coming months unfold, as the lag effect of prior rate, rate hikes start, you know, t you know, having more of an effect on things. And so, um, 
so good luck if you're trading it. Um, you can make a ton of money if your timing is right. But it's one of those things where you don't sleep easy holding these stocks overnight, and you really have to babysit them by the second because they can change in a hurry. I own one of those AI stocks that's exploding on the upside right now. I'm not going to mention its name because I'm probably going to let it go in the next couple of days. And um, yeah, it's um, I'm selling into strength is, is the way I'm looking at it. I'm not capitulating. I'm selling into strength. I'm going to let you go right there. We have a bad connection today, so we'll rehook up next week. I appreciate it. I'll give you a good plug on the way out. It's briefing.com. It's Patrick O'Hare. His day starts with an article on what's happening on Wall Street and why. And it's a great way to really get a, a fix on what's going to happen that day and to better understand what happened yesterday. He put in comments about Chairman Powell in a roller coaster fashion yesterday. Sent the markets just crazy. Microsoft helped wrap up with the word AI mentioned two or three times during the day yesterday. As far as some of their products coming out, they've mentioned that they're going to let the developers develop with the AI platform. They also mentioned that they're going to turn Bing and Internet Explorer or uh, Internet Edge, I guess is the right way of calling it now. The Edge browser is going to be powered with AI. From what we can see, it's, it's barely noticeable at this point in time. And that's even if you're squinting. And yet the stock was up 10 bucks yesterday. A lot of this stuff like in phase energy, um, I, I notice quarter after quarter, it's, it's, it's blowing out numbers and they make, uh, systems to regulate the electricity in your home to turn the power from sunlight into power of electricity inside that goes into your walls and powers things. So they're in that business. There's a lot that you can learn at briefing.com. This is a business that you always need to be learning at. Um, we're pretty deep into earnings season, but if we were to take a look tonight, who's going to report in the next couple of weeks, there's still some players out there. Um, Uber reported last night and they had a really, really nice quarter. Um, as far as number of trips per day, number of active drivers, uh, the revenue, their eats business is being overtaken by their uh, rideshare business, which is Interesting because during the pandemic, it clearly leaned into the eats and that helped them. I would say that helped them enormously. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Tonight, Sonos is going to report as well as Disney. Disney's going to be a big one. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up tonight. Uh, not tonight. Tomorrow night, Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Sign up at Rob Black Show. It's about income in retirement. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Uber, the one thing that I found interesting in the quarter was, um, stay with me on this one for a second. Revenue was up 49% year over year. That's lovely, right? Um, revenue was $8.6 billion. Uber noted that income for the quarter was 595 million, of which 756 million was a net benefit due to unrealized gains on equity investments. Okay, wait. So part of their quarter was tied towards their investments, not the app delivering you food, not the app taking you to the airport. Part of it was their investments. Cute, right? When you start seeing the he's digging in the dirt. I loved playing in dirt as a kid. 
you know, one of my quirks, I used to eat sand in the sandbox. So they took me quickly out of sandboxes. To this day, I'm comfortable on sand. Uh, but I don't need it anymore. But I'm more comfortable on sand than I would say on concrete, no doubt. All of us would like to say that right now from Mexico on a nice Gulf of Mexico vacation. Playa del Carmen coming up in my future. I envision it and it will happen. Two billion trips in a single quarter. One million trips per hour. One million trips per hour is what Uber played with. I think that's kind of cool. Okay, let's take a look at the stock market. We have not done this today. We are having a year where we're seeing double-digit gains in a six-week period on the NASDAQ and you know, right around 10% on the S&P 500. The Dow Jones is taking up third place after leading last year. That's one of the things that happens is that assets sometimes don't move at the same pace, but they're all moving towards getting you wealthier over time. I like to refer to it as a 10-horse race, where you can call like small cap and mid cap and large cap and value and small cap value and small cap growth. There's two of each. Um, Housing, um, you know, cash, all these assets slowly move to the right. Some years it's a sprint, like this year, the NASDAQ going 15%. It'll fade. It'll fade down the stretch. Now, is it down the stretch in the fourth quarter or is it down the stretch next month? That's the part of the horse track that you can't really figure out as much as you would want to because you would be stinking rich if you could isolate like that. But we're moving in the right direction. And with inflation coming back, it's getting a little bit easier for you. And the corporations that we're talking about, large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, tech companies, value companies, it gets a little easier when inflation comes down for them to see their finish lines and move forward. I look at it as don't bet on one horse. Because if you come in second, you're only the first place loser, right? Um, I look at his bet on all the horses. Within reason, I'm going to retract that statement from the universe, but I'm also going to say man cannot live on steak alone. Sometimes you need that putrid mushroom vegetable soup thing that someone's put together for you, and you're like, this is rough. This is rough. But you need it. An orange, you need. Like, same thing, you need some tech companies, you need some value companies, you need some healthcare companies. They're all moving in the right direction. We're going to talk about how to pull stocks out of your portfolio in retirement. This is um, one of the biggest things that Chad Burton is making a name for himself in the industry right now is sequence of returns. As a financial planner, he is blowing up. He's becoming more known because he's really focusing on sequence of returns. We're going to talk about it tomorrow night, Cupertino, at the Juniper Hotel. We're going to talk about more. Uh, my goal is to get you to save enough money so that you earn at least forty to sixty thousand dollars a year before Social Security. I want you to make somewhere between one to two million dollars in your nest egg, so that you can get that forty to sixty thousand on top of Social Security. I think we could find places in the United States to live off forty to sixty thousand. My ultimate goal is to replace ten to twenty times your salary to build your portfolio that kind of large. Um, your nest egg's important. 
Retirement usually entails replacing your annual salary with other income sources to keep your lifestyle. Social Security is going to cover part of your budget, but very, very small part. Um, I haven't seen my wife's Social Security statement in years, so I've requested. Honey, can you go back to the bedroom and put on something sexy? Slip into something a little more comfortable and bring me your Social Security statement? Happy Valentine's Day. Um, Yeah, that's the black household. My last name is Black. Don't think I've gone all race on you. Um, but yeah, I, I keep looking at what I own and I keep looking at my income statements, but I don't look at hers and I should. Nerd Wallet crunched the numbers and they said, you're going to need to save about $65,000. You're going to need to get $65,000 every year in retirement. Um, for some, you assume a 6% annual return. You're saving at a conservative 3%. There is no perfect calculator on how you get to $65,000 in annual income. We're going to talk about it at the event. And if you have a pension, that's lovely. The one thing I look at police officers and nurses and teachers, I go, my sister's a teacher for the record. I go, you've got a lovely pension. And my sister's like, yeah, it's only going to pay me 50,000 a year, not as much as you make. And I'm like, well, think of that as a million dollar asset. So yes, I do have more assets than you, but also, I don't have anything that guarantees me 50000 So, um, and her husband works in the government. He's going to pull in 100000 plus in retirement, it looks like. So, they're going to be okay. Um, they'll have maybe one to $2 million in other assets. Uh, not a lot, but it's certainly with the pensions, they'll be more than fine, which a lot of Americans will be. I've never wanted to be more than fine, if that makes any sense. A big event coming up at the Juniper Hotel, talking about income and retirement. I'm going to be going over some stocks that I've recently bought. CFP Chad Burton is going to be going over all the issues that we need to know when it comes to income and taxes and uh, retirement. This is for people with 500000 or more. Feel free to come out to the Cupertino Juniper Hotel. You have to sign up or you can't come in. At robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.